This is a Big MX podcast brought to you by X Brand Goggles, presented by Golden Tire, Tech One Designs, West Side Honda, TransCanada Motorsports, Roy Wharton Suspension Systems, and 204 Skate Shop. Motocross news from around the globe, but mostly between Emerson and Brandon. We're not experts over here, but we've got microphones. Check out BigMXRadio.com for more content. Welcome to the Big MX Show brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, 204 Skate Shop, Tech One Designs, TransCanada Motorsports, Roy Borton Suspension Systems, as well as Westside Honda and Golden Tire. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, with me on the line, the host of the Canadian Moto Show, Brent Worrell. Brent, you must be tons busy with all the news coming down from yesterday's motocross donations. Uh, yesterday's event, the Motocross Nations. Yes, sir. Well, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, I didn't get to see a lot of it. I know it started very early. Um, I, I, I got up to go to the Kelowna Dirt Bike Club as I was doing the announcing there for the weekend yep. event. And uh, I tried not to pay attention to any of it. Uh, I saw some of uh, Galdi's tweets and, you know, I, I didn't see, even see anything, results or anything like that. And I just, I had a feeling it was bad. I shut everything off. Uh, I got to the track. Uh, I talked to my friend Ryan Lockhart, and uh, we had a little bit of discussion. But uh, as to who did what, I didn't know till day's end. I headed over to Golden Tire Canadian headquarters to my friend Mike Nichols' place, and we Absolutely. sat down and we watched it. And uh, man, I'll tell you, hats off to all of those who did what they did on that racetrack. Uh, you know, I know international motocross gets discredited big time in North America, in Canada especially. I paid attention to a lot of the motocross forums and whatnot, and uh, anybody that talks negatively about that does not know what they're talking about. Oh, for sure. Uh, like Just proof in the pudding and the fact that uh, the U.S. now uh, ranked third overall as a team uh, for now the third year in a row. They, they don't win the series. Uh, they don't win the, win the tournament. Um, and uh, just proving that those guys, they can put in the laps. They have the speed uh, and they have the program uh, and a depth of riders uh, to, to, to get take care of business. Uh, it was not a gimme whatsoever, uh, whereas in, in previous years there's been um, maybe – uh, just yeah, the depth isn't there in terms of the teams. Like you'll have one or two good guys from each uh, each country, and then but then they're like one guy will really drop the ball, and that that's what that what allows the U.S. to really really do it. But um, yeah, they're in tough, and uh, I think that's one of the reasons why Villapoto's decided to go uh, over there and prove that that's uh, um, a great series. No, absolutely. You're gonna have Not to edit this out. I'm sorry. It's just. Busy place. Doesn't take me a second. Yeah, it's, I, I brought these handheld devices in with me, and I'm out of my chair too. So, my apologies. Yeah. Okay, so I just... hey, no problem. I had a one of my first podcasts I did with a guy. I cut um, eight minutes of ums out of his hour long conversation. Yeah, and and that's one of the beauty of doing things that I do. I'm trying to do most of my stuff live now, but with some of the kids, it's yeah. better to actually do it uh, not live because you can talk them through it a little bit. Totally, yeah. Like uh, I, a lot of the, especially guys who I know who haven't done a lot of uh, interviews. Like I had AJ Cottonzaro on uh, last week, and it was one of those things where he's like never done one of these. So I just basically was like, "This is what I'm going to ask you. 
just so like I actually e- I, I emailed him the question list like a day beforehand so he kind of think of some of his answers and stuff like that and I think it honestly probably it saved us about an hour yeah <laughs> like, no. at least no, no, that's, uh, doing what we do we have to do our homework don't we yeah actually he was uh, I was really uh, excited uh, I, I did my my interview with him and uh he's like wow man like you really did your homework and i was like i appreciated that because yeah i did uh done a, a, at least a couple of hours um finding out a little bit about him and stuff like that it's uh it's pretty cool how did this all get started for you brent well i, I started last fall uh, i got back involved in the racing um you may or may not know i had a spinal cord injury at the walton Trans right. Canada in 2011 uh yeah. i was hospitalized for nine months went through a lot of health issues um, life has just become somewhat normal in the last year. Uh, last fall, getting involved with uh, Future West Moto, doing the announcing at the races, which uh, spun itself into the arena cross. Uh, just decided that the, the time was right for something like this to, you know, share my passion with, uh, you know, the new and the old of the sport and help to promote it and develop it as best possible. And, you know, looking back in hindsight, it's taken, you know, many different directions, but uh, it's turned out far better than I ever thought it would. Absolutely. It seems uh, within a couple of months of each other, uh, we both had uh, similar ideas of what we wanted to uh, um, add some exposure to the Canadian series, both at a a local level and a a national level. Uh, I myself mostly uh, doing some local stuff because I'm a a one-man operation and uh, frankly, I don't have uh, a ton of experience with the broadcasting, but I I do do the local, uh, the the play-by-play as you do uh, over in BC. I do the exact same thing here in Manitoba and uh, have received um, good good reviews so far. So it's, it's been positive for me and I just wanted to um, give some of these riders that normally don't have a voice, give them, give them a voice, give them the ability to have their series covered uh, both uh, nationally and, uh, and provincially and uh, yeah, see, see where I can take it. No, absolutely. And it's a good experience for a lot of the youngsters coming through because, you know, in the sport, it's so expensive. We, we all need support, and especially if they're aspiring to, you know, perform at the top level, it's going to be a, a big part of their future. So to, you know, interview some of the youngsters I have in the past year, some of them I've had on uh, six months, eight months ago and had them on the show again, just to see the maturity level and, and what they've learned over the course of the year, uh, developing their skills and just maturing as uh, human beings. It's just really neat to be a part of. Absolutely, I really uh, I admire your your ability to uh, take in as like a number of riders uh, under your wing and really uh, um, give them the exposure that uh, they so need, especially if they're wanting to attract sponsors, uh, show the sponsors that they're doing media relations, and, and uh, it, it's it's not a it's to some it's not a huge thing, but it really is uh, for these sponsors that uh, like not only are you putting in the results on the weekends. But uh, you're you're doing some media stuff to thank your sponsors uh, with uh, some some audience uh, to hear what what who who give, who actually does uh, support those riders, and uh, I think it can be invaluable to someone who's uh, kind of an up and comer, uh, or and it can even be used as a tool for a rider to uh, like when they're going out and and doing their um, their resumes. That uh, yeah, I was on the big the the big MX show, or I was on the Canadian Moto show, and I'm amazed with how fast your show has taken off, man. It's uh, I actually I I remember listening to one of the first episodes, which what I thought was one of like you'd been doing it for quite some time, and I went back to look at the archive, and you'd only been doing it for a couple of weeks at that point. So uh, yeah, kudos to you. 
Well, yes. Uh, thanks a lot. I really uh, appreciate that. And, uh, you know, like anything in life, you're as good as the people around you. And, you know, we talked about sponsorship and exposing ourselves too. I've got some people that have stopped, stepped up to help, help my effort out. Um, you know, giving the riders a platform to expose themselves and, you know, that, that's what it's all about. Um, you know, together we can type thing and, you know, sponsors, potential sponsors are investing in a product. And, you know, I made it my mission when I was a racer, a competitor to, to, to give people that were associated with me the best product possible. And, uh, you know, nothing's changed doing the moto show. Uh, I've listened to some of your broadcasts as well. And, uh, you know, good on you for the same thing. It's, it's great for the sport to have a voice and, you know, not just everybody at the top level uh, of the sport, everybody's, uh, most people are aspiring to get there. And, you know, let's face it, some aren't, some are just, uh, happy being, you know, weekend warriors and going out and having fun and not everybody will, will be the next one, but, uh, it's a great sport and the parameters of what it can, it includes and, uh, it allows people to enjoy. It's just, it's endless in my opinion. For sure. Like the reason why I really wanted to do something like this is not only do I uh, have a passion for uh, for media and I do love to talk, but uh, for all those riders who um, would would see that huge mountain that it is to climb to get up to the t- upper echelons of the sport, and obviously uh, Manitoba, um, our only top rider that we've produced in the last two decades is Ryan Miller. Uh, have it's been kind of a bit of a dry spell in terms of kids getting out of the province and and not and exceeding that weekend warrior status. Uh, is to give them a platform, like I said, to uh, to chat and talk and um, just feed, like bring a little bit more professionalism to their program, as well as just like uh, uh, make them feel like they're achieving more. And uh, perception is everything. If you feel like you are making steps to get over that mountain, uh, it makes it that much easier. So uh, I just yeah, like opening that window uh, from from your perspective in terms of privateers as well as the youngsters uh, is uh, is invaluable to their progression in the sport. Yeah, absolutely. First, I'm going to touch on your uh, Manitoba champion thing. I've had this conversation with my friend Steve Mathis uh, on a couple <laughs> of occasions, and it's definitely one of his pet peeves, too. And, uh, you know, I'm picking up what you're dropping on that for sure. Uh, I started back in the early 80s at the top level and raced with the likes of Donnie Gill. I was a teammate of him. was on Team Yamaha Canada, going back yep. as far as 1980, and uh, Don Formo and, and great riders like that. Uh, the legendary Kim Hood in 1979 125 national champion. 125 national champion, yeah. On a Honda with a 23-inch front wheel. How did that happen? Kim did it. I don't know, running spec for gold motor oil and a pretty nice mustache as well. Yeah, it's, uh, oh man, you're taking me back a few days. I was teamed up with the Legends of Canadian Motocross Plug for them, Bill Petro and his great uh, archive project and preserving the sport's great history. Uh, there's some super smoking images on that site, uh, as well as his traveling roadshow that he just had in Edmonton this past weekend at the Canadian Motorcycle Hall of Fame induction. Really? Who was, indu- who was inducted this year? I'm, I'm totally uh, out to lunch in terms of that side of things. Oh, uh, I believe uh, Mr. Steen Hansen was inducted. Uh, okay. Steve Baker, uh, Bob Works, actually, who was uh, Stevie Baker's father, or married to Steve Baker's sister, Bob Works was. Uh, he was also the manager of Team Yamaha Canada in 1980 when I first rode for them. Uh, I believe Bob was inducted, and uh, honest to God, I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. Uh, just so many different things happening here with our great Future West Arena Cross Series tied up. I've been doing some work for Future West Moto and helping promote, uh, get sponsors. We had our uh, BC Big Steel Box BC Motocross Fall Shootout two weekend series start this weekend. Motocross the Nations, uh, 
writing for my friends at Motocross Performance Magazine, teamed up with them. They helped me out. I helped them out and just just doesn't seem to be enough hours in the day. And I'll tell you, if I uh, ever catch up to the Ultimate Thief uh, time, I'll give them a good one for both of us. Absolutely. No, it's uh, it, it's important to uh, look back on the uh, the achievements of, of racers gone by and, and uh, um, just pay homage to the... Uh, um, the achievements and the the recognition that needs to go to these athletes that uh, have met, set the building blocks. Like uh, a couple of other guys that bring to mind, uh, Shane Langdale, one of uh, the last Matt Can- Canadian Manitoba champion. Obviously, that was a CMA title back in 1991, uh, 125 class. Um, and uh, it, it's been a bit of a drive ever since. Obviously, we had Don Formo running, I believe, as high as uh, fifth. Uh, as well as uh, Earl the Squirrel Rhymer. He is, of course, from Ontario, but we claim him as our own as he does race uh, over here up in Manitoba a whole lot more uh, than he does there. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's been um, difficult to um, harvest these these young talent because the, the kids, they, they get up to a certain level and uh, there doesn't really seem for them, like a, it's tough for them to get to that next level. Um what do you think? What do you think is the main hurdle for the, uh, these young athletes to uh, of what's stopping them? Uh, well, it's, there there's many. First and foremost, uh, financially, uh, the sport of motocross. Um, we don't even really need to go there. Uh, the resources yeah. it takes to get to the big events, and to me, uh, especially in that country, and that's why I pump up uh, the West Can, the Parts Canada, Walton Trans Can, the East Can. Uh, those type of events are so important because you're, you're with the best of the best, not only in this country, but we seem to, you know, draw quite a few fast American riders up. So for, for young riders to go and, you know, gauge their medal against the best in the country, I think it's important. But I also believe that there's a, a time for that too. Uh, local races, very important, grassroots too, because without those clubs, where do we get our starts? Um, uh, you know, there, there's so many dynamics that play into it. But, uh, you know, right now in this country, like in the United States, we are we have a bumper crop of young up-and-comers. And I've got to tell you, my friend, I've got to think that uh, young Ryder McNabb from your province is going to put you guys on the map in a big way real soon. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, Ryder is a special talent. And uh, his dad, Brad, is uh, highly motivated. And uh, they're both just as driven to uh, to succeed in the sport. I know Ryder. He 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 does it about the he goes about it the right way. He's got a great attitude about riding. Uh, I wouldn't say that uh, Brad is overly hard on him. He's not tough on him. He just he he they go out and uh, they're all business. And Ryder puts in his laps and and uh, and he re- he recognizes the the work that his dad's put in uh, to to get him to where he's at and the the sacrifices that his family makes and trips tripping him all over the state. There, I think right now they're down. In in, uh, um, they're back down with Matt Walker uh, at, down at um, their, the, his facility. They're there almost for four or five months at a time. Then they head up to, uh, to Oklahoma as well as um, California uh, for that series. For there's a there's a, like a short series that they run there, and then they come back up here for a few rounds. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think that uh, if if Ryder is to uh, continue progressing and uh, and, and stays. Uh, with it, I think uh, I think you're right. I think Ryder McNabb definitely uh, the next hot thing coming out of Manitoba. Yeah, and this country uh, from coast to coast, uh, starting on the east coast, uh, from the wide open racing team, young Damon Burbine. Uh, he was 65 cc champion at Walton. The kid's got some mad skills, and uh, anybody from that part of the world will tell you. Anybody that was at Walton, uh, uh, 
all the way in between Preston, Massiangelo in Ontario. Uh, youngster going to be riding in the Monster Energy Cup in the 50 race. Uh, awesome right. mini O's in the fall uh, on the West Coast here. Julian Benick, Jake Piccolo, and you know I'm, I know I'm leaving tons out by naming names, but uh, the future of Canadian motocross is as bright as it's ever been, in my opinion. And that and that's good to hear because uh, as far as um, well, it's actually had seen a bit of a turn up in the last uh, maybe say three or four years. But uh, after the early 2000s, after that big boom where you saw riders like, well, JSR came back and was dominant and there was a lot of action to the series. It was on TV within a week of it being uh, happening. And then it also played during the wintertime on Sportsnet uh, as well as uh, you had like... Uh, Obviously, Dusty Cloud having a lot of success and uh, still like attracting a lot of great American riders like uh, Turbo Reef. Um, well, Doug DeHaan was still racing as well as before Blair Morgan had his uh, his injury, and uh, and even uh, Mike Craig running the number ninety nine for Blackfoot Honda back in two thousand, I believe. Um, I think that was probably one of the like the the biggest boom of uh, Canadian motocross. Then it dipped down a little bit. If if uh, do you agree with that? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we touched on, on the youngsters, the, um, the up-and-comers and whatnot, but I, I think we just saw the tip of the iceberg this year from all accounts, uh, talking to people uh, very well connected in the industry, some of the commitments that have already been made, some of the deals that are in the works right now as we speak. Uh, that MX1 title, MX2 title next year, we're going to have the deepest pond ever in Canadian motocross. Well, excellent. We look forward to that. Let's get a, let's let's talk a little bit more about the Canadian Moto Show because this it really intrigues me in terms of um, how like how it all came to be as well as um, like illustrate some of the goals that you have for the show uh, moving forward as you've um, you're coming around to your anniversary. Well, it's just uh, you know I just you know just like a racer take it uh, one race at a time. I I prep for each show as as I would have prepped for for a motocross race. Uh, you know even though I'm out not out in the track spinning laps and, uh, you know, trying to stay fit in the treadmill, pumping iron. I'm technologically getting up to speed. Um, I've told anybody to listen. I truly believe that I've learned more in the last year in that respect than I learned in all of high school. And it just continues to evolve. I, I try not to bite off too much uh, in, in one go. And, uh, you know, what seems overwhelming today, uh, digested a couple of days down the road is it's doable and you know that's how the evolution process is it's taking place i mean this day and age of technological advances we live in uh anything's possible and it just uh, all comes down to the desire and the effort put in absolutely uh a lot of homework going into these podcasts uh we do our homework we we do our research and, and find out all things that need to be uh asked so that we we cover all the bases uh in terms of questioning um what were some of the uh surprising things that came along as you uh progressed with uh honing your craft uh well first and foremost uh internet speed i soon soon learned what broadband internet was and what a hardwire connection was and uh, imperative uh, in the, in the world of what we do, and uh, yeah. even even at that, you're at the mercy, like a motocrosser, of the uncontrollable variables. Um, you know, think back to some of the things that happened to Michael Essie this year: uh, a, a rock in in the header, uh, losing a grip. Uh, you know, anyone can increase the list. Uh, looking at the hole in Colton Fasciotti's thigh this weekend, I mean, you have to be prepared and expect the unexpected and I've, I've kept an open mind another key 
there again, it all boils down to your support system, your determination, and uh, you know what? I I just want to do the best job possible, and that's the way I was when I raced, and that's why I am with the show. And you know, I like to think I'm 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 making a difference. It's a big country. I am the Canadian Moto Show. But uh, anybody that wants to hit me up during the week and wants to hear from a rider, wants to be on the show, wants to team up on the show, I'm all ears. Excellent. And that, that you are, the voice of the Canadian Moto Show. Uh, and uh, when, when do you broadcast live for those who uh, aren't currently listening? Uh, Wednesday nights we're on the air, 6 Pacific. I believe that 8 o'clock uh, your time, 9 That's Eastern. Right. And Atlanta, Canada, 10 o'clock. On the air, uh, usually for two hours. Um, Sometimes three. <laughs> Fair enough. You, you like these things do go long. Sometimes I always surprises me, uh, or it surprises some of my uh, the guys I, I interview. They'll say, "Oh, there's no way I'm going to get an hour," and I end up on the phone with them for an hour plus, and uh, they they tend to enjoy it. They like uh, motocross riders uh, by nature. We like to uh, bench race and talk and, and and get off topic and whatnot. So uh, it, it's usually not too hard to uh, get a couple extra words out of these guys. Uh, actually, what I've found to be the most uh, intriguing is uh, when, uh, like, obviously, I do all of this. Uh, these are not live podcasts. I do these all uh, in pre-production, then uh, uh, edit them and whatnot. So uh, these are phone conversations. And uh, once the rec- uh, I, I just, uh, turn the, the record button off, uh, the stories that you hear from some of these guys are absolutely legendary from guys like Chad Watts and, and Ryan Hughes and stuff like that that I've been uh, so fortunate to have on my uh be able to interview uh it's 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 an eye-opening experience what's that's for sure yeah no no absolutely um uh, even with my show uh, my show is like 99 percent live now when i started i uh, i had some pre- pre-recorded uh podcasts uh you know as you showed some light on and uh had them all locked and loaded and uh you know going back to that first episode and just to how it's evolved since then uh like anything i'm experience and confidence Confidence in motocross, huge. Uh, confidence in the Canadian Motor Show. Uh, I am confident in my abilities now, and uh, I like to be able to try to convey that to my listeners, to you know, entice people to keep listening. And uh, it's just exceeded any expectations I've had, and it's been very rewarding. Uh, not from the financial aspects, uh, I'll put an asterisk on that, but uh, more from the connection aspect. Uh, you know, I, I thought my circle of motocross was complete. I raced a long time ago. I had some great results and success at the top level. Uh, I was away for a number of years. I I had some personal problems in my life. I I overcame those. There was something missing. Uh, Back to motocross, that's what was missing. But, uh, you know, to go back to places like the Transcan or or be at an event and have uh, an aunt or an uncle or a friend of of a young rider or an up-and-coming rider come up to me and say, hey, you know that interview you did with uh, so-and-so? I really appreciate it. That was so cool for giving an opportunity. I really enjoyed it. For me, that's where the reward lies, to know that uh, I'm making a difference and that people are appreciating it. Absolutely. Uh, those uh, small thank yous and, and especially even when I'm uh, announcing live motos, when a mom comes up to me and says that, oh, we're so happy that uh, you, like you, you like, or my son was very happy that you, you said his name over the PA, you could hear it and whatnot. Like that's, that's why, that's why I do it. That's um, because I remember as a young rider uh, having a German last name that no one can pronounce. I always appreciated with Darren Powell and could get it right. And, uh, and just, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those cool things where you can give back to a sport that uh, has given, for sure, given me so much. Like, uh, I, 
uh, given me an outlet in terms of uh, meeting new people and and just just like that it gives you the feeling like you've never had before and uh, you can't replace it with just with pretty much anything so uh, I think you'd agree with that no absolutely and uh, you know like they say it's uh, man I don't even know where to start uh, Hotel California like you can check out anytime you like but you can never leave in fact I had uh, a couple of blood transfusions in the London hospital when I had my injury and I still have motocross blood uh, oh. as fast and feverish as ever in, in my veins and it's not going away so uh, I've made peace with it and that's what we're doing perfect now I gotta ask what are the top three guests that you've had so far on your show that you'd say whether it be a good interview uh, that you didn't expect or uh, someone that you were really excited to have on uh, who's your top three? Oh, it's hard to, to, to put numbers on. Um, of course. Uh, you know, for, for, for many reasons, and most of them not good, uh, my friend, uh, MX Forum proprietor, uh, Rick Seymour-Jackson, is always entertaining. Hammer Time always tells it like it is, and he's always a hoot to have on the show. And uh, <laughs> it's just, yeah, I, I kind of lump Hammer Time up there in there. In the top three, um, you know, having the Alessis come to Canada, uh, I, I think that that was a huge thing, not for myself and the show, but just for Canadian motocross in general. Um, as a result of Mike coming up and competing this year, I, I have scads of U.S. listeners. In fact, most of my call-in giveaways go to U.S. call numbers. Uh, I've got listeners from Tennessee, Pennsylvania, yep. all down the coast, uh, Oregon, California, and you know, I gotta wonder if Mike did not come up here to contest our series, would that have happened? I don't think so. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think uh, as far as like, I, I obviously um, Steve uh, Mathis bore uh, grew, grew up thirty minutes from where I currently live. Uh, watched him growing up, uh, knew knew who he was, uh, bugged him for plastics as a kid, um, and uh, and just. And having just hearing on his show uh, of of how much the Americans were were paying attention to the Canadian show, like I've I've been a, a fan of the Pulp and Mech show for minimum five six years or as long as he's had it so far, and um, it, there was no mention of the Canadian series. They were like, yeah yeah, there's a series up there. Uh, they raced motocross, and that's that's about it. Now there was almost a weekly update of like what's going on up there. Uh, obviously, uh, Steve having his own personal feelings of the Alessi clan. Uh, there's uh, some, sometimes uh, can make a mockery of, of what was going on uh, it, uh, within that team's, um, what they were executing. But nevertheless, there was a lot of discussion in terms of uh, what was going on up there. I had a lot of American fans asking like what these tracks were like. There's interest there. And where there's interest, that means that there's attention going towards it. And uh, that's good for Canadian motocross. Absolutely, and it's the old, uh, any publicity is good publicity on a media platform, uh, the old dirty laundry type thing, and that's uh, dating me a little bit going back to the 80s, but uh, it's a fact, and uh, it's just the way of the world, and you know, we're we're human beings, and uh, we're we're made up of many microorganisms, the good, the bad, the ugly, and uh, yeah, uh, that's about all I have to say about that. For sure, you know what I've had. I've had the pleasure of having both uh, Mike and uh, Tony on in a separate podcast, and I had Jeff on the week before uh, he made his Canadian debut. And uh, as far as my dealings with them, I have no qualms. Uh, they've been nothing but professional. Uh, I've had the opportunity to do post race interviews with them at uh, Regina. The 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 
the the lost uh, national that we had. That was uh, quite the quagmire. Um, but nevertheless, uh, it was they've they've been really good, and I, I think it is good for Canadian motocross to see Mike come up. And you know what? I hope he returns next year because uh, uh, I think um, with with some more uh, some better luck in terms of uh, the the machine. I know they had some issues with uh, some mechanical stuff. Uh, if they ironed all those issues out, I think you'd have a much closer series at the very end. Yeah, no, absolutely. And they were top shelf with me all year long. Um, you know, anything I wanted, they were there, they accommodated. And uh, yeah, Mike definitely had some bad luck. And uh, I was one of the last ones that talked to him when he left Walton. And he summed it up. And, you know, he had hats off to Colton. He said that Colton had the heart of a champion. He deserved the title. But he also said, too, that he was, for the first time in as long as he could remember, having fun at the races and racing his motorcycle. And I got to think that there's, if there's a deal in the works for Michael Essie, he'll be on it and we'll have him back next year. I'd love to see it. Um, let's, let's touch a little bit on the, uh, the Canadian, uh, effort at the, uh, the motocross nations. Obviously this year, uh, the, the, the committee put together for, to make an effort to attend Latvia, uh, for the motocross of nations, uh, was was spearheaded by none other than Ryan Gold, and uh, I think that uh, they did a great job raising money. Even as uh, Dylan Kalen uh, putting up a thousand dollars of his own cash as a privateer uh, was uh, basically um, basically a, that was set the tone for everyone to, to really jump on board, support the uh, the show. And I noticed uh, you you ended up getting the Canadian Motor Show logo on their team shirts. So uh, you yourself uh, making a sizable contribution as well. Yeah, and, uh, you know, not a lot of, well, I, I won't say effort on my part. I, I did beat the drums uh, loud and hard all year. I remember last January at the Arena Cross when uh, Goldie, it was announced he was going to take the hat. Uh, I went up to him and I said, Ryan, I said, this is the deal. I said, uh, I'm a team player. I'll do everything I need to do to make sure we keep this on the front burner. I've seen it year in and year out. Uh, the previous year, Carl Bastido, I believe he put in $13,000 from his own pocket. This year, it didn't have to happen. Ryan was the right man for the job, and uh, let me tell you, it wasn't easy. I mean, like I've said on my show, it just almost reminded me of getting after my kids to do their homework for school. But, uh, you know, we got it done. We sent our best guys. Uh, the results, I've just been, you know, going over things here in the last couple of days, trying to deduce everything that happened. And you know what? We had some bad luck. It's happened before. It'll happen again. We sent our best guys they they made the A main, they finished 17th, and they are winners. They are champions. They proved it here in Canada. That was a gnarly track against the best in the world. And you know what? Everybody involved with that effort, everybody that stepped up and said, hey, we're sending our best team, we support you, whether they did that in the form of cheering by their TV, their computer, or kicking in kids like Kalen, everybody else that's involved, you know what? Hats off to the team, to Goldie, to everybody. And you know what? I just won't have any part of any negativity uh, out of the whole deal. Anybody that wants to say anything bad about it can keep it to themselves, in my opinion. I will not listen. I'm a motocrosser. We have good days. We have bad days. And when we have a bad day, it just makes us work harder. Absolutely. Uh, if, if nothing more, uh, the results should light a fire under those riders to uh, come back next year and uh, and prove that they have the speed because uh, like obviously like if you if you look at the fastest laps uh, our boys were right in there with uh, with and they, and they could have finished a whole lot higher than they did uh, obviously uh, Medaglia um, getting 
getting not the greatest of starts in the second moto, uh, but still uh, he matched the fastest lap time uh, of, of riders quite a few uh, spots ahead of him. Uh, and uh, Medega, obviously one of those riders who kind of rides with who he's with a few degree upon that, that uh, if he would have been mid-pack, he'd be able to find that extra two seconds a lap uh, to uh, to stay in that group. And uh, um, I don't think the the end result is uh, is really what the is important here is that we went we sent our best guys we were fast uh, we had some bad luck but you like you said that's racing sometimes uh, you you go to the races and uh, you you put up a goose egg and that's just how things go you're you're and uh, the heart of a motocross racer is to uh, get motivated and uh, and make a difference and uh, put your head down so that the next time things comes around that you're prepared for it and uh, not to say we weren't prepared for it this this time but uh i think that um you can't say a single bad thing about uh how ryan ryan gold um put that whole thing together and uh, the whole team of colton fasciati uh gavin benoit and tyler medaglia uh should hang their heads high uh for uh how they contribute contributed to the history of mantle or canadian motocross no a- absolutely a top shelf effort by them all all year long in this country and going over there and having the bad luck uh you know, you mentioned Tyler and his ability. I think he showed that to Canadian motocross fans this year. The uh, the, the MX Pond was deeper by two or three. And, uh, you know, being at the five rounds that I was at and, uh, you know, in contact with Tyler throughout the season, I could see how he dug in and he wanted to show the country that he was capable of the position he got in the number three. And he elevated his game a ton from last year and he fully deserved that big number three. Totally. Um, moving moving into the uh, the Arena Cross series, coming down the chute quite quickly. Uh, how did you end up getting involved with that series? Um, what are some some things that you liked that you did last year, and uh, and what are you bringing to uh, the 2015 series that you're excited about? Other than the fact that Adam Entiknap's going to be there, and that's just a party. Well, where to start? It's just been a whirlwind. Uh, I've been teamed up with uh, the proprietor or original proprietor, uh, the Helen family of uh, Future West. Uh, I, I know they call themselves many different things. Uh, it became Future West Productions last year. It's now Future West Moto. Um, I got back involved with the sport, uh, not just with the sport, but uh, at the level of doing the announcing for them last year, last fall into the arena cross uh, Moving fast forward to this year, uh, Jamie's no longer involved as an owner. Uh, in fact, he's not involved in any capacity. Uh, it's There's two owners. There's Leslie Reed and uh, Stu McQueen is the general manager. Um, yeah. Stu, a great guy. He's the brother of Cam McQueen of Nitro Circus fame. In fact, uh, he wears one of the top hats of the Kelowna Dirt Bike Club. He was involved in building all the tracks last year and... Uh, you know, I've been out to the, the first round venue here in Armstrong with Stu, and you know we're looking at a great series. Uh, we're behind the eight ball a little bit right now in the form of sponsors. I've been hitting the pavement, as have everyone else on our team. Um, and when I see team, we have so many great team players. We've got uh, Kyle Beaton on our team, Ryan Lockhart, uh, Stu McQueen, and, and the list goes on. Uh, we are locked. We are loaded, ready to go for October 24th and 25th in Armstrong, B.C., uh, a great venue, a small farming community just outside of my hometown of Vernon, B.C. It's home to the Interprovincial 
exhibition. The town is always up for a party. I think it's a great way to expose the sport to a, a new demographic. It's a fairly neutral location. Uh, last year, this series predominantly being played out on the West Coast. We had riders from the far north, uh, Dawson Creek, down to every round. And I got a feeling that the fact that the series kicks off October 24th, we're going to see some riders from the east to the Rockies as everybody's still in riding mode in late October. Absolutely, yeah. There's still some, uh, especially with your temperatures there, there's still some ample riding to be done uh, or late October. Uh, the series uh, is, is a how, how many round series is it for this year? Uh, it's four weekends, going to be eight rounds per class. Fair enough. Uh, always love doing arena crosses. Actually, the second race ever uh, attended by myself was the. Uh, we had some provincial arena cross races uh, hosted by none other than the the great Roy Borton uh, putting those on uh, with W. Uh, WFO uh, Productions uh, doing a, a number of events. Even Doug DeHaan. Uh, attending one of them back then. Uh, great ways for uh, young riders to uh, put in some time on the bike uh, once uh, the snow flies or some, some less than favorable uh, temperatures uh, grace these uh, beautiful lands that we call home. And uh, I think it's going to be a great series this year. Obviously, uh, returning champion, uh, you've got uh, both Lockhart and uh, Medaglia, who uh, I assume are going to be racing the series again, as well as I think you've uh, uh, attracted some American talent as well. So uh, some of the riders that uh, normally would be sitting dormant uh, waiting for Supercross to start uh, may come up and uh, put in some laps up there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm not really going to commit either way as to who will be there and who won't be there. I know some of them yeah. have already advertised uh, who is going to be there. I know a lot of riders, uh, their connections, their managers have contacted me and our connections. And, uh, man, it's just in true Canadian moto fashion, we won't even know until the gate drops. I can throw this out there, though, that uh, Josh Hansen's manager actually contacted us a couple of days ago as well and uh, was inquiring about the series. Really? That's uh, exciting news. Uh, obviously not confirming anything, but there uh, has been a nibble from uh, Hanny himself, a rider who uh, is, is looking to make a return to Supercross, obviously looking, uh, look, looking for some more gate drops as uh, the clock ticks down to uh, Anaheim 1. So that would be very exciting if the uh, the number 100 would uh, to be lined up uh, at the, the uh, with your that series that you're you're covering uh might have to um see what the snow conditions are like, see if I can uh, kill two birds with one stone by getting a couple of uh days in on the slopes as well as uh taking in uh uh an arena cross race. Yeah, and we don't get a whole lot of snow out here on the West Coast. In fact, one of my show sponsors, the Popka Motor Park, so I'll plug in for them. Their 500-acre right. off-road riding facility. Uh, oh, you just went full robot on me. Still there? What's that? Yeah. Oh, you just went like full robot. Oh. <laughs> no, so, I'm still here. Okay. Uh, like like uh, you tailed off uh, with what you were saying there. Sorry. Yeah, and on the West Coast here, we do not get a lot of snow. Uh, in my hometown of Vernon, in the north of Okanagan, uh, quite a bit. But uh, down on the coast there, where the Cloverdale and Chilliwack venues are, the home of the yeah. Popka Motor Park, uh, one of my moto show sponsors, uh, with that great 500-acre off-road riding facility, they're open year-round. So, uh, with you, Brad, and we'll uh, put you on the racetrack as well. Absolutely. I would absolutely I would be 
tickled pink to uh, come ride motocross uh, in the months that here in Manitoba, unfortunately, uh, I think the latest I've ever ridden is uh, is late October, maybe early November uh, in terms of uh, some some decent riding conditions. So that'd be uh, definitely something I'd take you up on. Uh, as far as um, your involvement in motocross, uh, I'm not entirely, maybe you don't want to go into too much detail of your injury. I know you do do quite a bit of uh, um, uh, recumbent cycling uh, and, and whatnot to stay stay active, stay fit. Uh, any um, thoughts of ever um, being able to, like obviously there's a, a couple of riders down in the States who have been able to ride uh, on some highly modified motorcycles. Have you given any thought to that or uh, sourcing out the, any opportunities to be able to do that uh, in the in any future? No, I just based on my uh, disability level, like people see me sitting in a chair, but I have absolutely no movement voluntary below my arms. Like I have no core function uh, whatsoever. In fact, uh, when I was in the hospital there in a coma, the surgeon approached my wife and said that I was going to be a quadriplegic. I would have nothing below my neck if I survived. Um, Fortunately, I, I did survive and miraculously I have the use of my arms, but uh, without the lack of any core function, it's, it's pretty hard. Um, we did have a fundraiser at the Kelowna Motocross Track last fall, and I got into one of those older hand-controlled Honda Odysseys with the full roll cage, and I got to tell you, that was a blast. But, uh, you know, as far as the moto, my motocross days are behind me. I, I have a place in sport now doing Canadian motor show as well as the announcing at the races, writing for Motocross Performance Magazine, and I do have the use of my arms, and I truly value that. And if something were to happen and I did lose uh, the use of my arms through a tip over an endo or whatever on a motorcycle, it just, it wouldn't be pretty. And I just have to really, you know, appreciate and value what I have and, you know, know that maybe those days are behind me. But at the same time, it's not a sentence to the end of the road in the sport. I truly believe that anybody that has this sport in the blood and has a passion to stay involved, there's, there's a way to stay involved. And this is my way. Absolutely. You know, I think uh, it's been, um, I wouldn't say uh, a blessing, but it's its uh, allowing you to uh, take on this responsibility of, of giving Matt, or Canadian motocross a voice and, and covering the, the series and, and doing the announcing and uh, and finding the, the gifts that you have on the microphone. Uh, I, I'm not sure if that would have been possible uh, without your injury. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's amazing to see you uh, battle back and stay strong and, and see that that fire for motocross burns ever bright with you. And I think that that's something that a lot of people can, can look to and it can resonate with them that uh, motocross is something that uh, uh, regardless of your ability and regardless of your, uh, the ableness of your body, that uh, you can still love motocross um, to, to its fullest. And as for all those worried mothers out there that, uh, that worry about their kids and, and, and will tell them to, to stop riding. It's, it's one of those things where you, you can't, stop riding it's it's just it's 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 in you it's it, it's not going to leave uh for, for those who are for able to walk away they end up getting a bike when they're when their kids get a bike or something like that and uh um uh i i'm impressed with you the fact that you're uh with there's a lot of people who could experience an injury like that and, and really get angry with the sport. And whereas you've flipped it on its ear and, uh, and really taken after it the other way and, uh, and really given the sport something that uh, can allow it to grow. And, uh, and that's, that's something super special. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. I have the utmost respect for the sport and I truly believe that 
you know, as a result of being to, you know, overcome what I've had to overcome through my injury, motocross gave me the ability to do that. I mean, you think of, like, I think back to when I won the schoolboy title in 1980, uh, second moto, I finished second, or, or the first moto, I finished second. The second moto I was out there, I had about a 15 second lead. I went down hard. I got up and all I wanted to do was win. And, you know, throughout my career, we, we, we overcome, we fight, we battle. Motocross gave me the ability to put this behind me and make the best of it. And that's the message I try to carry when I show up uh, promoting the sport of motocross. And let me tell you, it's been interesting the last couple of weeks uh, out campaigning for sponsors for the arena cross. I show up in a wheelchair talking and preaching the goodness of this great sport of motocross. But uh, my message is, is deep inside of me and those that know me know what it is. And my mission is just to carry it forward. It's, it's a great sport the brotherhood and sisterhood of the sport of motocross, I've not found anywhere else in my life, and I've been to a lot of places. Excellent. You know what? We, we appreciate you doing everything that you have done for Canadian motocross. We hope that you continue doing it and that uh, the Canadian motor show uh, will, will continue to flourish and, uh, and, and create a bigger reach for these athletes, for the sport of Canadian motocross, uh, and, uh, and enrich the, the ec- excellent heritage that we have uh, in, in racing in this great country. Uh, we really appreciate you taking some time tonight to discuss uh, all things Canadian motocross, whether it be your show, the upcoming uh, Arena Cross series, as well as uh, the excellent efforts of our Canadian national team uh, at the uh, in Latvia for the Moor Cross of Nations. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to cover before we uh, put a put a seal on this thing? Uh, nothing that I can think of, Brad. I want to thank you for for contacting me, and uh, yeah, I've been paying attention to the Big MX Radio Show. You've had a few friends of mine on there, and uh, you know, together we can. Uh, that's that's the message I like to say. I mean, we anything that I've accomplished in my life, I haven't done on my own. I've I've got a great support system. I've got three beautiful children. I've got a great wife who supports my passion for this great sport of motocross. And you know, when I go out to the races on the weekend, even though I'm not lining up behind the gate, I'm getting hiked up into the tower in my wheelchair. Um, I share a common bond with my moto brothers and sisters. And, and that's, that's my mission is just to spread the love and the word of this good sport and stay with it uh, as long as I can. Excellent. Well, uh, once again, thanks for having, uh, taking some time with us tonight and, uh, we'll, we'll definitely, uh, look to uh, check in with you again, uh, as, uh, 2015 creeps forward with us. All right, Brad. Yeah. You want to come out, uh, spend some time for some Marina cross, hit me up. I'll hook you up. Sounds great, my friend. You have a good night. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.